What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and inks, and welcome to the Lactic Acid Podcast. I am your host, Dominique Smith. First and foremost, I want to thank everyone for the support that you've given me at this channel. It's something that I definitely appreciate, and I know that you're going to enjoy this episode that you're about to listen to. I had the opportunity to chat with Dana Giordano. She has her own podcast called More Than Running with Dana, and she is a professional runner as well. Uh, She is faster than almost everybody listening to this. She's truly talented, and it was an honor to have her on the show. Uh, We covered topics, including our time at the Magic Boost program. We talked about the need for joy and, and just how prevalent it is and, you know, how it's impacted her and the things that she learned on this journey, not just as a runner, but a content creator. And we discussed some lighter topics as well. It's something that you definitely do not want to miss. Like I said, Dana is one of the coolest people I ever met, and uh, she was a joy to have on the show. But I need you to do me a favor. Need you to go on the social media sites. Need you to go on Twitter, Lactic Acid underscore pod. Follow that. Need you to go on Instagram, Lactic Acid Podcast with Dominique Smith. Follow that. And I need you to go on our website. Yes, the website is launched and there is content on it. I've done some interviews with Abby Cooper, as well as Sonia Richards Ross and Trey Hardy. And those are actually written stories. So if you have a minute, go ahead and uh, click on that and read those articles. I know it's something that you'll enjoy. And follow us on the platforms. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Anchor. Follow on YouTube. Subscribe to the page. We have bonus videos as well with interviews from different professional athletes, such as Fred Curley. Uh, Noah Lyles and others in addition to the interviews and we're going to be growing that channel so stay tuned for more information and then we are now on Google Podcasts so if you have that go ahead and subscribe and obviously Apple Podcasts go ahead and like and subscribe there so thankful for the support and I hope you all enjoy the episode What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and ain'ts, and welcome to another episode of Lactic Acid, the podcast where the takes are fresh, the ideas are ripe, which makes us the best in the bunch. I am your host, Dominique Smith, and today I have a very special guest who I'm excited for you all to meet. She quite literally is the coolest human being I've ever met. We met in person like in August or something like that. She's shaking her head, but she, to me, she is and stuff like that. That's sweet. She's an accomplished runner, a professional runner, just got a new job, has one of the hottest and latest podcasts out that you have to check out. And like I said, she's literally the coolest person you're going to you're going to love her. Her name is Dana Giordano, a.k.a. Danny G. What's going on? I appreciate you joining me on the show. Happy to be here. I love the energy. This is great. (laughs) Definitely. So I asked everyone this to start. So you are no exception to the rule or the occasion. If you had to pick a superhero to describe who you were, or I'm sorry, who you are on the track as a runner, and maybe even outside of the track and the many things that you have going, who are you going with? Oh, this is a tough one for me. I was raised on chick flicks and not superhero movies. So, ooh, 
I'm going to go with, you know, it's not really a superhero, I guess, but I'm going to go with Miss Elastigirl. I just love her. And I think she's got her hands and talents in different ways. So not necessarily for her talented abilities on the track, but her ability to flex into different scenarios can be a little bit of everywhere all at once. So I like it. She gets to cover a move well on the track. Okay. I like that. I like that. Okay. So how about this? What if you had to pick a character to describe who you are on the track and off the track? Oh, a character. Any chick flick that you love. Hmm. You know, I'm going to go with, I really love Miss Reese Witherspoon in Legally Blonde. Okay. She's just amazing. You know, stand up for what you believe in, always being true to yourself, not trying to change for anyone. So really love her confidence and energy. And I try to um, become more confident over time. That's one of the people I always go back to. I think I've seen that movie probably 50 times. Okay. I like that. And she loves fried chicken and carries hot sauce in her purse. So, you know, Reese is my girl right there. Mm-hmm. So let's just get it going. Let's get started. So Dana and I met technically, I don't know, the months kind of go by. So I guess we met, yeah, we met in August, but I guess we met virtually in June, Mm -hmm. What, whatever, Uh, when you got done with the Olympic trials. Like I said, thing that I admire about Dana is just like she says, she carries herself with the confidence um that is very infectious and contagious and so we met at this program and if you listen to the interview um that i just recently did with emma zimmerman we kind of talked about the ins and outs of the program but dana was a part of the program the magic boost program sponsored by the good people at hayward magic and it was a, a team of there chris chavez um liz nancy keith chris a bunch of people uh, who made this possible um, and so I guess my question to you to get it started is, you know, to kind of talk about that experience. Um, how did you hear about it? And, and like I said, yeah, just talk about the experience. What did you enjoy most about it? For sure. Yeah, the Magic Boost program is definitely uh, was such a treat. I mean, I think I was in the most unique position of anyone coming from the program, being an athlete. Um, so I have a podcast, as we'll probably talk about, but it's called More Than Running with Dana, and I interview women on and off the track, kind of related to running, trying to highlight those untold female stories, and my podcast is hosted on the Sidious Mag Podcast Network, and, you know, that's through Chris Chavez, so he really linked me to apply to the program, and to be quite frank, like, I did not know what I was getting myself into at all. I'm not sure if any of us did, quite frankly. I think maybe next year's cohort will have a little bit more insight into it. But I got injured, as many people know, at the Olympic trials. So I was able to shift more focus to the program, um, which was met on Wednesdays weekly. And we got to kind of really interact with some of the top media creators in the sport. And it was such a cool program because we got to be like, oh, I want to do that. I don't want to do that. And all the people in the program kind of had different backgrounds. Um, but we ended up going back out to Eugene for the pre-classic and really getting far too much media credential to access. And it was definitely a little weird for me because I was like, I would like to be competing here. You know, yeah. it's uh, my, my peers are competing here. So I think that some of the other creators did a much better job of making actual content during the weekend. But <sighs> It was like a really, it was really unique, just, you know, the access we had, you know, going to 
the press conference and things like that. Um, having the tent, we had a tent right outside the media, media, I don't know, like hallway. What do you call that? Like a, like the press the zone. Station, the, what, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, we had like three days of all access to um, everything pre-classic, which was awesome. And we just really got free reign. But I think the best part of it, and I think everyone else who was included in the program was really getting to interact with the other young creators. So that was my highlight more so than the access and things like that was really, you know, to meet people like you guys. Well, Dana knows everyone. Um, I thought that was like the coolest thing. Cause even like some of the, you know, Ali fellers like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, you know, her, like, you know, everybody there. And so it was actually pretty cool kind of to see, to see the unique bond that you have with the people that you run with and, you know, your, your peers and running. It's interesting that you feel like you did not to hear it. Like you feel like you didn't do as much like from a creator standpoint, because you shot a podcast um, you know, you were doing episodes of your, your podcast, the more, than well, the I- one thing, you know, why I say that, and this, I haven't told anyone yet. I need to tell anyone. My mini mic broke. So all my mini oh, mic yeah. content has no audio. So one you of the morning, yeah. So one of the mornings you were there because <sighs> I was in this weird spot, I was like, Oh, I really want to interview like the kids. And they had a run jump throw a USATF event. And I bought this mini mic. And I plugged into my brand new fancy camera and I was interviewing these kids. And now I have like over an hour of footage of the kids talking and no words coming out. And I've tried for weeks to salvage it and just going to have to do it again. If (laughs) y'all, I I hope I know some tech people who know how to fix microphones. Uh, Give me a Don't buy it on Amazon. (laughs) So that's not funny, but I remember we were walking to, it was... We were walking to Hayward and you were like, I want the mic after I finished. And I said, no, you can't have it. I'm not done with it. We and the good walking, thing is yeah. you don't want it because it didn't work because we were going to breakfast. That's true. Yeah. We were walking to breakfast because, and you met up with us. We went to some breakfast place in Oregon. I forgot. It was really good. And it was a group of us and you, yeah, you were talking about it. And I remember the camera that you showed me because I was going to go order it <laughs> and everything yeah. like that. That is heartbreaking because you were really so is. excited about the the content that you got. I think it was it's like Phil Knight Kid Run or something like that. Or yeah, Uncle- it was a USATF event. So there was you know they they do a really good job and they had you know Colin Quigley was there and Ben Blankenship and I I even got um, Brian Tice Eaton on the mini mic. No, I've got Silence on the mini mic. That is awful. <laughs> that is it's okay. That's a part of the game though. Is like. Being an amateur creator in that way, there's a lot of technical things that the pros know that we have to learn the hard way. Mm, Lord, how much. If it makes you feel any better, when I was in college, the same thing happened to me. So I I understand the pain. I had to do a story on the dean of students, and I pressed the wrong button, and they erased the entire thing. Um. That, oh, I didn't know that. So that <laughs> I haven't is... told anyone. <laughs> <sighs> That's mean? why. That was my main project. I was really excited about it. I but am... we'll have to do it again. Yes, it will do it again. And uh, Amazon, y'all owe her a refund for real <laughs> because that is brutal. So let's move on to something a little less, a little less painful. You just mentioned, you know, and you had, you were the unique 
you know, exception, if you will, because you're an athlete. And if you're listening to this podcast, Dana is faster than you, regardless yeah. of what event that you run or whatever. It's Maybe just, not the sprints. <laughs> you don't know. It just depends. <laughs> Stuff like that. So like I said, she's faster than you. And that's okay. That's okay. She's one of the best in the United States. That's fine. But how did you cope with that? Because I think you're a professional athlete and mm-hmm. so you're a really good professional athlete and you understand the ebbs and flows of what it takes to be a professional athlete. But in this stage that we're in being, we're now talking and addressing mental health. Mm-hmm. And as Marshawn Lynch, you know, said, you know, you need to take care of your chickens, your mentals and everything like that. Mm-hmm. That's not the easiest thing, but how are you able to successfully cope with it? Um, because you, you did, you did great work. I know, um, well, that was more of the Olympics. You, Chris and Kyle Merber, um, I forgot what the podcast were called, but you guys, you know, were doing instant takes and you were Mm -hmm. definitely involved and it was a seamless trans. It just from an outsider's point of view, um, it's funny. You said you you struggle with it, but you seem like such a natural at it. So yeah. how do you, how, how were you able to cope? And in some respects, how are you able to cope with being, you know, on the other side, you mm-hmm. know, being an athlete? It's definitely something that I'm working on. And I think like anything else, it just takes some touches. So I recently had an opportunity to go to the Chicago marathon for kind of a similar concept. I was creating some content there. Um, and I had my camera, I had my phone and I'm really comfortable with creating on my phone. And like you mentioned, I kind of have like these personal relationships. So I was like, you know what? I'm not a journalist. I don't want to be. <laughs> and I'm not quite a media personality. I'd like to be. So why don't I lean more into who I am than something I'm not? And so I basically just brought my phone out at the end of the Chicago marathon. And I luckily got to catch my Bates who I'm friendly with. And we did a post race, like interview, literally 10 minutes after she ended. And it was really special because she wanted to do it. And I think I've created these barriers in my mind that people don't want to do it, but Afterwards, she sent me a message that was like, thank you so much for like highlighting the marathon. Like it really means a lot. And I was like, wow, that was awesome. That was really special to hear. So I think I'm every time I go to one of these events and create, I'm going to figure out a little bit more. Um, I've kind of now owned the the label of content creator. I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that one. I like it Um, (laughs) for sure. Uh, But it's, yeah, it's a tough spot just because we live in a society that wants to put labels on you. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked about this in other podcasts and we're not going to repeat too much stuff, but it's like, I did take a huge step away from running this summer after my injury in the trials It mentally took a lot out of me mm-hmm. and I got injured and, you know, but that was also mental and physical, you know, I'm so exhausted. So I'm really just getting back into running and training. I mean, the trials were in July. Now it's almost November. So I haven't done a workout since, which is crazy. Cause like, if you told me that a year ago, I'd be like, you're nuts, but like I've been doing this for 15 years. It's a yeah. long time. So I realized I needed to take a step back and kind of reframe what place it plays in my life. And I know now it's not the center of 
this above all else, you know, like, I think I will perform better, be a better person and be able to contribute more to the sport. Like if I'm happy and that involves, you know, some days doing a shorter run because I want to do something else. Yeah. So one thing I feel like everyone is searching for the pursuit of happiness when I think we should look more to joy. Mm, I like that. Happiness is, you know, I get paid on Friday at eight o'clock at eight Oh five, the bills come out. And then at eight Oh seven, I know how much I have left. So it's just kind of, you know, but you know, joy is something that, you know, is a constant happiness is instability. Joy gives stability. Have you found a newfound joy for what you do from, like I said, we're not going to, you know, go deep into the aspect, but Mm -hmm. have you found a newfound joy for running um, now that you've experienced magic boosts and now that you have confidence on the other side of it and um, kind of discovered new things about yourself? For sure. Yeah. I've been, so I've been in Utah for a little while and I've been running with um, Grayson Murphy a fair amount. She's a trail mountain and track athlete. And we had some, we had one of this like fabulous trail run and we had a conversation similar to this. And we were talking about people really just, you know, pigeonhole you and put you into these little boxes and I think I've just had so much more joy with being able to, you know, mountain bike and do other things and be a little bit more dynamic of a person. And I think sometimes pro athletes like do your job, like you lift, you eat, you sleep, you nap. And, you know, it's just kind of boring at the end of the day. So for, for me, it's like being able to fulfill those other categories. Um, But I like what you said about joy, because one of the main things is like comparison one of the quotes where it's like all over the internet now comparison is the thief of joy yeah and i love that so much because i think one of the biggest things i've done over the past few months with all these new experiences i've been introduced to is i just don't really compare myself to much of anyone anymore and maybe that's just like when you truly get old and you're like ah yes i'm wise and old (laughs) but i actually just you know in the past, it's like when you're running and racing, it's like you're always comparing yourself because you're racing and it's your competition and it's, it is a comparison. But the past few months, I haven't had to focus on that and it's been pretty nice. I feel like it's not necessarily age because I believe we're the same age, 27. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel I'm almost like- 28 dumb. It's almost over for me. Yeah. So we're both into that fossilization category. Mm-hmm. Um, hitting Stick that. a knife in me. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Y'all pray for us. But... I feel like it's not age, but you're seasoned. If that mm-hmm. like, seems, seems some shit. Yeah, essentially, like you, you, because you know, there's a saying. I need to go look that up to see if it's in the Bible. But they said, you know, there's no fool like an old fool. So oh. the things that it's either the Bible or a rap lyric, because that sounded great. Yeah, that's if that's a rap lyric, that is. That's like Sugar Hill Gang, kind of <laughs> like that. That's not uh, this latest stuff, but no, no, <laughs> um, no. It's like you, you've, you've truly taken time to evaluate and to learn and to grow. So you're seasoned in it. So you know, you know. I believe that you know in life, you know, God puts us through things so that we can help other people. And so now, um you know, you're this, you know, brilliant content creator who could take it to the track. So I don't necessarily think it's age, but you've been through, like you said, you've been through so many different things now that, you know, 
you found mm-hmm. that joy that you can bring that to the other aspects, which I think is really cool. And I think maybe. I think everyone should come onto this podcast just to get hyped up. This is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can listen. You were the one. And that's the funny thing. Just kind of when people say, I don't think I'm good. I've watched all of your interviews and okay. I've got a chance to, you know, see you operate in person. Like, you kill those interviews you interviewed, you know, you talk about the marathon winner, you talk, you interviewed Raven Rogers, you know, behind the scenes and stuff like that. But you just get better. I think that's the thing. Like, don't listen to the early ones, you know, I've listened to them all. They're not bad. I listened to the one with Kate Grace, which is something, you know, everyone needs to see, but there's a confidence in you that I don't know. And, and, and I say this because it's something that like, you know, I guess, yeah, I am a journalist, but it's something that like even I struggle with, not even I struggle with, but it's something that I struggle with. Um, it's like you don't have that confidence because it's so natural. And I think sometimes that's the danger of things like social media mm-hmm. and talking to too many people because everybody's like, you need to look at that person, you know, or and people do this in college, high school. It's like, you need to look at that person, look at how they do that. And it's like, you're looking at that person trying to emulate that person when you're really missing who you are and your identity. Totally. I think it's completely just being yourself, you know, just being fully authentic. And then I think one thing that I strive to do is, you know, not let connections fade, you know? And I think taking that time to just remember someone goes a really long way, especially in our sport. You know, we are not the biggest celebrities on the face of the planet here. We're not F1 drivers. So, you know, you might think an athlete is scary and intimidating. They probably have never done more than 10 interviews. So there's there's kind of a disconnect, too. I think everyone's just like a little on edge around each other when in reality it's like we need more. We need more coverage. We need more lactic lactic acid podcasts. You know, it's like more people covering. It's like there is and it's one thing magic boost taught me and if anyone's listening like totally apply the next go around it's like there is room for more voices there yeah. will always be room for more voices and don't worry about your numbers or anything like that because the message that you get of the people you actually impact are worth it even if you have four people listening or zero it's the truth and i then you know i couldn't have said it you know any better you know there is room there is a need you know mm-hmm. you know just you know even in this podcast you know it's just everybody creates podcasts, you know, at different things and different sports, but it's just like, there's so many things you can talk about. There's so many people who deserve to have their story told. Um, and if you can present it in the, in a fair, in fairness about them, and you talk about, you know, building relationships with something that you're, you're great at, because it's not as if people, you know, it's like, Hey, I know them. It's like, Oh, Hey, it's like, people are genuinely excited to see you um probably because i talk too much that's the italian side <laughs> not necessarily i mean you don't take mess from anyone um and everything like that so i think there's a genuineness in that there's not a fakeness and stuff like that so i think and i think that relays to when you do these interviews because you genuinely the more than running podcasts it's more <laughs> i mean it's more than running it's who you are you know what are some of the things that make you unique? Um, and we're, we're going to get to that soon. But the question I wanted to ask to relay off what we just said, 
as an athlete and as a content creator, what needs to be improved on the content side when it comes to the athlete? Where is the disconnect? You know, Magic Boost, we learn, um, you know, athletes just don't, you know, trust journalists. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, being out there in Eugene for those five days, I see exactly why they don't. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm grateful that in our group, we built quick trust and camaraderie with a lot of the athletes, which is something I didn't expect. And it's something I'm truly grateful for, but I'm interested as someone who understands it from both sides of the coin, where's the disconnect and what is the solution? Yeah, I think it's because there's a lot of factors that lead to kind of a disconnect of a lack of trust or things like that. But a lot of it comes to, you know, not seeing people that look like you yeah. interviewing, you know, whether that's people of color, whether that's women is kind of a very generic, you know, status quo interviewer and don't really know where it's going to live. And you're just concerned that you're going to get a gotcha question or something like that. Um, I think it doesn't really take into account the athletes and like what they share and they feel comfortable with, mm -hmm. but I think it's more than that. And I think it's definitely about how the athletes are, don't feel comfortable with telling their own stories. Mm. So I think a lot of athletes have like my podcast, I just did with Raven, for example, like, I don't know if I've read anywhere this is not me tooting myself up. Like, so why didn't someone fight for this earlier? I didn't know that she was a cross country coach. I didn't really? know that she's an artist. I didn't know any of these things. And I'm sure that she just gets the same questions about performance every single time. And it's like, those are what the existing the news outlets need those answers to that question. Like we all want to know about her training. We all want to know about those things. It's like, I want to know about her talents off the track and things like that. And I think we do get to know that a lot more in other sports just because there's such a volume of coverage. Um, but it, that's why I think it can exist in track for sure. I asked this question to the first guest and if you guys were listening, Adair Light and she came on, she gave me my first start and we both covered high school athletics. Well, I'm sorry, high school track and field and cross country. <sighs> How do we change for, so your opinion, is there an issue with how these younger athletes are being covered and how do you prevent that? And the, we came up with a solution. Yes. <laughs> you know, there is, I'm writing a story um, on a professional athlete who was a high school phenom mm -hmm. and, you know, looking at the comments and I had a conversation um, last night about this, just looking at, you know, some of these phenoms, phenoms who people labeled in high school because they're so incredibly talented struggle as pros. And I mean, it's just like mm -hmm. they're the, you know, they committed some incredible crime and stuff yeah. like that. And the pressure is just insane. That's what I was going to say. There, there is a high level of pressure, especially today. I mean, you and I both had the opportunity to grow up in high school without social media. And, you know, the places where I read articles about me in high school were in Star Ledger in New Jersey. And I was excited to see my name in the newspaper. Um, 
it's just a lot easier to write an article and get it out there. It's a lot easier to for everyone to have an opinion. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot easier to see it. So I think that we really do highlight the bad more than the good a lot of the times. Um, we do need to respect that athletes are minors and not make assumptions about who they are. You know, I think that I personally have now taken the take. I've only had a couple college athletes on my podcast, but even that is really hard because there's a barrier of, you know, the um, athletic departments in between, and there's just not an openness. It's like, you know what? That's okay. And the openness that I'm looking for in my coverage is for more adults. Um, So I think that there is a disconnect on how younger athletes are covered. Um, I haven't spoken to a younger athlete phenom in a long time, so I'd want to get their individual perspective. But yeah, I mean, we all know there's message boards, there's things like that. If you want to find the bad, you'll find it. Um, Just don't look that hard. Yeah, it's it's so weird when, you know, now that people know that we're artifacts, you know, when we were, you know, coming up, it was really just Facebook. And Mm -hmm. Facebook wasn't what it is now twitter was just coming up i instagram was just coming up so you know the access you know the apps were there but it wasn't anything like oh i used instagram as like an editing app you know yeah it wasn't anything unique like i go back well i deleted that account but i looked at my pictures from like back in the day and it was like oh my gosh like this is like this is awful (laughs) and everything like that so yeah it's just especially you know now that obviously you understand it content creator writer you know I understand it as a journalist sorry content creator runner um you know and me as a as a journalist um it kind of makes me sad Mm. uh because everything is just scrutinized. Like if you post a picture of you hanging out with friends, it's just kind of like, okay, and I've seen this and you have a disappointing performance or whatever. It's like, okay, well, it should have been training and stuff like that. And it's just like, if I feel like, and this is just my opinion, my opinion doesn't mean anything. Some of these kids who get started in the sport at like two months old, they kind of like burn out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we saw that with, you know, Simone Biles this summer and these phenoms and things like that. I think it's really just making sure that you have a life outside of your sport and it's not all consuming. Um, But, you know, that only works for some people as well, but I think it's speaking to the individual, like a human at the end of the day. How are you able to keep that balance? Of be like being scrutinized and things. No, like no, 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 no. I mean, just not from a scrutiny standpoint, but of a standpoint, and it's kind of switching gears a little bit. Of just it, it's not about running on social media. It's or, not, yeah, or just in general. Like, how do yeah. you keep that balance to where you're mentally stable? Does that make no, sense? No, I'm working on that. Dom. I'm working on that. <laughs> that's an that's a life process, man. It's like you know that is something that's what you're saying it's about being joyful and happy and it's something we're always constantly trying to develop so that's why they call it the pursuit of happiness right not the you get it and then you move on so I think it's just really setting your environment up having good people around you not isolating yourself um you know self-care isn't just lighting a candle and having a bubble bath it's really evaluating you know the stressors in your life 
um, cutting if necessary, some toxic people away from it. And, you know, it's like, you just, it's like, you need a lot of self-reflection to understand why you were unhappy in the first place, if you are. Um, so yeah, I, I do see a lot of like, I was a high school coach and there's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of pressure and things like that. I think some of that is just growing up. We all had that high school's awkward and hard. Yeah. It's not something wrong with you. It's just that it takes a long time to figure out who you are. And some people never figure that out, but you have to try. And the quote, ain't no fool like an old fool, fool is actually a proverb. Uh, a guy named John wrote it. So, John, <laughs> thank you for that nugget of wisdom. Thanks, John. Yes. How did you get involved in running? So, kind of tell us about your humble beginnings as a runner. Yeah. So, I, you know, skinny, lanky, tall kid, um, got involved in running in middle school. I broke six minutes in the mile in middle school. It's my key accomplishment. And, but I was not the best person on the team. So that just goes to show public schools do it better. Um, oh, that's true. I hate, I went to private school, but that's the depth, the depth there, New Jersey. <laughs> um, it's just a volume game. It's just, a, that's how it statistically it works. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was really good at running everyone expected me to kind of do that um then I had leading into high school I had to have a pretty major surgery um and unrelated to running but you know I really was into soccer too and that whole first freshman soccer season I was benched um mostly because I was recovering but to me that was like the most offensive thing because I was always a very competitive person I was on the travel soccer teams things like that but I got really lucky and I had an amazing high school coach and high school team that was super talented. And, you know, I think the best greatest gift my high school coach ever gave me was um, not doing too much. Yeah. I never I was not burnt out at all. I ran like maximum 30 miles a week and it was really fun. And I had a great time and set some state records along the way and won some things and, got recruited and it's kind of the fast forward version of it, but yeah, really kind of nourished a love for running that had, it was fun, had very limited pressure. The only pressure was like me putting on myself because I was competitive and like to race, but it never felt that like crushing pressure that I've experienced um, post-collegiately. Yeah. It's listen, I was terrible. I was trash. Um, so I can't, I can't even begin to compare like the the pressure that comes and it's different than other sports because it's like if you're in the NBA and you're a scrub you know you're on the bench you're still making like two million dollars a year yeah and stuff like that but in, and you're still very good at basketball yeah it's like you you, you know you're, you're legit you are you know better than 99 percent of the world um, as a runner, it's a different kind of, it's a different kind of pressure, man. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some runners have to hold down jobs, you know, in addition to doing what they love just to make ends meet. So it, it's, it's, it's truly a grind, but you said you were a soccer player, right? Mm -hmm. So I started out. Who, who were you as a soccer player? Like if you had to compare your game to like, someone from the national team or just someone in general just to give the people a sense of the baller within 
<laughs> well, you're going to realize about me is I'm really bad at names and games and things like that, but I was a midfielder. So okay. there's a scrappy midfielder that you can think about a lot. Okay. And I basically just did my running up and down the field. I don't, I'm trying to know. I know like six national team players. I don't know which is one. Is it the one that's playing her final game tonight that's from New Jersey? It's definitely not Carly Lloyd for sure, oh. but she's, I think she's a forward. Is it Alex Morgan or something like that? Nah, I don't know. I can't give you a name, but oh, I was a scrappy okay. midfielder. Not because I don't want to give you a name because I don't know their just, positions. It's, it's all good. It's all good. I just listen. We, like I said, we had to get a better sense of the baller that is within. So that's why I was like curious about it. Um, what is it about running that brings you, let's just say joy? Like, what is it? Because if you didn't truly love some something, I was going to say someone, but I guess you could say someone, but if you didn't truly love it, you still wouldn't be doing it. So mm-hmm. what is it about it? Because it's, it's so fascinating, like talking to you and talking to the different runners, like, my biggest running accomplishment was a few weeks ago. I ran a mile without stopping and no, don't clap your hands. You should have seen oh, the time. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I think running can sometimes be a little elitist and scary and that's a big issue with it. So that's huge. I was, yeah, I was actually, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I made it. Um, but just the thought of like some of the events you run gives me like the sign says lactic acid. It makes my knees hurt. Um, so what is it about running that gets you up in the morning and just has you continuously doing it and doing it and doing it for all these years? Yeah, I think it makes me feel like myself. Um, I feel weird if I go a day without running, maybe that's because the hold it's got on my brain or something, but I always feel better after and it's very social. So I really like the social element of all the people I've been able to meet along the way. Um, definitely is a privilege to be able to talk on a run. So being able to have those conversations with people are kind of talks you don't get to ever have anywhere else. So those are really special to me. I don't know how you do it. Like I tried like running and talking and I was just like sucking wind. <laughs> and so it's, one day you're going to get there. You're, you're too kind. That's, it's not going to happen, but well, no. Get back to me in a year. Said it now, October 26th. October 26th bet going to put that down um, and you can see that the progress has not changed. Um, And so, but we'll keep making it happen. It took me like six years to run a mile without stopping. So you never, you're an athlete. I have to ask all the athletes this, and then we're going to get to your podcast. Then we're going to wrap this up with a bow. Who Dana G off the track. Tell the people who you are in your own words. Who off the track. Hmm. I think that off the track, I have a lot of energy. And I think that I have a hard time sitting still for sure. In a good way. But I like to stay busy. I like to keep my brain busy. Um, and I think I'm relatively creative in the way that I, you know, see what I want to do. I have, some people would say I'm a huge optimist who sometimes um, gets teased for how big my goals are, but I, yeah, I have high expectations for myself. I'm quite a perfectionist in that way, but 
yeah, I just am a connector of people at the end of the day. I feel like if you don't have big dreams and big goals, then you're not getting the best of yourself. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Uh, so there's no shame in that at all. And that's, that's pretty, that's a pretty good, and you're your own person. I mean, I just saw that in our limited time, you know, if everybody's doing something else, you don't want to do it, you ain't doing it. You know, it's just the way it is. Yeah, you can get into trouble that way sometimes. Exactly. (laughs) So I want to talk about the hottest podcast on the block in all states, countries, and nations. That is the More Than Running podcast with Dana. I want you to tell us about it, just kind of go in detail. And if you can hear uh, that in the background, I forgot that a tea kettle um, is going off. So um, just ignore that and everything. But yeah, tell us about tell us about your podcast. Yeah, so my podcast, um, I only interview women. So sorry, Dom, you can't be a guest quite yet. <laughs> no, unless no. you're unless you're hyping women up. But yeah, basically, oh, listen, I have to say this, the first three guests on the show are women and you're the third so you know but no 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 no. like I said it's a women's only podcast I respect the women's only podcast yes and the reasoning for that is it's not because track is I don't think track is exactly covers men more than women I think track's actually pretty fair but in sports women only receive about one percent of all sponsorship dollars and if you take out the biggest names you take out your Serena Williams, your Naomi Osaka's, it's actually less than 0.4% of all the dollars of sponsorship and branding, which is appalling. And I think that I kind of like the phrase, everybody eats, you know, there's room for us all at the finish line. We're all going to get there. So I think a big kind of mind shift for me with this podcast is celebrating people. And now that I'm unattached, it's a lot easier, which is great. Um, people from all different brands, all different backgrounds, retired, current, people helping the sport and really getting to celebrate and elevate what we're doing as women. So hopefully my ultimate goal is if someone was on the podcast and they ended up landing a brand deal after that because they heard their cool story, like that would be my dream. What made you, and this is obviously this is season three, correct? Yeah. Season three. So what made you start it in the first place? Chris, for sure, um, kind of the center of all track media, but he definitely encouraged me to start it and sent me a microphone and didn't really know what I was doing. Probably still thinks I don't know what I'm doing, but we're getting better. And yeah, I think that, you know, he re- had to re- realize that, you know, there's always room for diverse voices and things like that. So gave me a platform and opportunity there. What was the biggest piece of advice that you would give to content creators and athletes especially when they face uncertain seasons of life well those are like two different categories there for sure but i think it all kind of comes down to that have good people around you because if your podcast flops or your your race was terrible it's like you need to have the people around you that don't care and will love you anyways and support you anyways and will give you that honest feedback you need when you need to hear it. So having good people around is above all else. I like that. I like that. So now that the lactic acid is starting to kick in in this interview, which is 
what it's meant to do. We're on our final segment. It's called Down the Home Stretch. This is supposed to be rapid fire, but it never is. So I'm just going to ask you a series of questions. And I'll try to do rapid fire. As fast as you can. If not, okay. no big deal. It hasn't been and it never will be. Um, as a disclaimer, I just say it. But answer them to the best of your abilities as fast as you can, if you please. Ready? Yep. The most underrated food in society. Sushi. Um, if you had to throw away a food because it's overrated, what would it be? Peanut butter. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> I hate peanut butter. It's so weird. Okay. Why? <laughs> I just have I to just ask. don't like it. Just oh. don't like it. And people can't accept that. So gone. Out of here. Ooh, okay. I don't like coffee either, so I guess the takes aren't bad for me. Now that spicy take for sure. And the running podcast. Oh yeah. Well, okay, we're gonna move on <laughs> as far as mm-hmm. this in trouble. If you had to pick someone to play your play your life in a movie, an actress, who are you going with? Not because she looks anything like me, but just because I love her, Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. I can I can I can kind of see it. I can kind of like see it. Katniss Everdeen energy. I'm here for it. I see that. I feel that. Okay. What is the most underrated and overrated television show? Overrated is The Office for sure. Oh, you did that on purpose because I got the t-shirt on. <laughs> I actually didn't even see that. I just, uh, I, I never got into it. Everyone's into it. Except for me, apparently. Okay. I think it's, whatever. And then underrated TV show. I like really bad TV, so this is Below Deck, underrated, great show. Interesting, I've never heard of that. Don't watch it, Dom, you're not gonna like Okay, (laughs) well, I appreciate the heads up. That's what's up, I definitely appreciate it. What is the best piece of fashion advice you've ever been given? Buy things that are more expensive that are gonna last a really long time. Bite the bullet. Like the high quality stuff. That is my mama gave me that advice so okay it's tough advice when you don't have a lot of money but it's good advice east coast or west coast east coast new kids on the block new kids on the block backstreet boys are in sync in sync really i was like (laughs) kids on the block maybe okay last couple i think they're a little before my time the new kids on the block they okay that's that's fair but I thought maybe because they were, you know, so big, you know, Robert. I like the Hanson brothers, to be honest. Is it bad that I've never heard of them? Nah, they're a small boy band. Okay. Next question. Okay. <laughs> what is the best trail that you've ever hiked? Um, the Franconia Ridge hike in New Hampshire, White Mountains, is really stunning. Okay. If you... Ooh not gonna ask that question okay what is the best movie that you've seen in the last five years well i saw the best movie i saw in the last five days is james bond but (laughs) okay (laughs) last five years oh my gosh i don't even remember what i've seen yeah i'm gonna go with that one last five days james bond it's pretty good all right i have a quick question for that is ending as bad as i was told uh, it's definitely not typical. Okay. 
And last question, if there was someone to narrate your life, like just the ins and outs, the most unique things about it, who would it be? You know, I'm just curious, one who knows me too well, my sister Morgan, she can narrate. Okay, well, listen, I like it. And so tell the people you survived the, the rapid fire and you, it's the fastest that has ever been. Like I told everyone listening, she's faster than you at everything. Um, so tell the people where they can find you, uh, where they can support more than running podcasts. It's going to be in the show notes. It's going to be on our page. It's going to be on our website. We definitely support them and Dana and all her endeavors. So yeah, tell the people um, where they can find you. You can find me on most social media platforms at Dana underscore Gio, G-I-O, um, variations of that, but I'll pop up hopefully. And then more than running podcast. We just launched our own Instagram for that. So the most up-to-date stuff will be there. And if you have trouble finding Dana's name on Instagram, just look for the account with the verified check mark. That's the easiest. Uh, you know, I hustled for that. Definitely, definitely. That's why she's the GOAT. That's why she's on. Dana, it was an Thank honor you. and a privilege to have you on. If you like this video, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, leave a nice comment, take that nasty crap to the trash. Definitely follow on Instagram at Lactic Acid Podcast, on Twitter, Lactic Acid underscore pod, and definitely follow the website, which will be in the show notes. Subscribe on YouTube, iTunes. Ooh, he's everywhere. Bye trying to be like you fam and we will see you next time